I said, I'm waiting on you with your damn water. All right, baby, about to win this greatest. Two masters at work. Probably shouldn't use bottles anymore, bro. You going to recycle that? We recycle yeah. more than anyone in, uh, in Harlem. Trust me. Mm-hmm. You know that factually. Factually? You went door to door with a clipboard and a hat and asked people, do you recycle? I don't have time for that. But I know the amount of water that we drink here. Mm. I know the amount of bottles that we're taking. Do you drink a gallon a day? I try. So not consistent. I try to get through six bottles a day, sometimes more. Uh Uh-huh. And you recycle the bottles? Oh, yeah. I'm taking bags of that that shit down to the recycling receptacle on Mm -hmm. the day. All right, and welcome into the green episode here. Episode number three, I believe, with uh, Rick Strom. Hello, that is me. That is Britton Harden. Hello, Britton. Good, bro. I'm feeling hydrated. That's great. I'm really happy to hear that. Uh, Shakur Stevenson certainly looked hydrated, if that's a certain uh, way or form of saying that. He's damn good. He's really good. Yeah. He's sensationally good. Yeah. Took place at MGM Grand Arena, Grand Garden Arena, excuse me. Uh, took on Oscar Valdez. Valdez was, uh, you could say, his toughest opponent to date. Uh, he put up more of a challenge than Jamel Herring. However, how good Shakur Stevenson is, this was billed as. By the way, that was one of the most silent sneezes I've ever seen in my life. It's a gift. It was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you usually catch something, right? Yeah. Like this is modern technology. We have the audio components to pick up really anything. And that was silencio, my friend. Oh, yeah. The goal is for you to never see me slip it. Fantastic. Well, uh, Shakur didn't slip at all. The argument could be made, I suppose, that you give Oscar Valdez two rounds tops. Yeah. I. It's not necessarily that I thought Shakur Stevenson, who the final score is 118-109, 118-109, 117-110. It isn't even that I thought he would win. It's not even that I thought he would win convincingly. It was more so of... Can he impress me more? And I was left blissfully impressed. The one stat via CompuBox that stands out to me is the power punches landed percentage. According to CompuBox, Shakur Stevenson landed 53% of his power punches. Yeah. What say you? Well, you know, they say anytime a fighter lands more than 50% of his power shots, nine times out of 10, he's going to win the fight. Yep. And uh, Shakur won this one running away. Was very impressed with Shakur. Um, his, his ring prowess, his uh, ring general. Ring prowess. 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 His g- ring generalship, mm. ring IQ, distance control, uh, combination punching. And his 
his uh what would I say his willingness his willingness to land throw and land big shots right we knew that he could outbox and poke holes in Oscar Valdez without question at certain points to to load up on big punches to land three four punch combinations knowing that Oscar Valdez always has that big overhand right or even more dangerous that big left hook um I was very impressed with Shakur Stevenson look obviously there's some things that him and his team can take back to the drawing board and they can fix I'll point those things out a little bit later in the broadcast but um all in all man I thought that was a phenomenal performance by Shakur Oscar Valdez's power is also one question because he has more knockouts than Shakur Stevenson does. I believe he's under 10. I believe yeah. he's at nine. With your point about a left hook, the Miguel Burchell knockout was arguably knockout of the year. So yeah. you knew that he had the power to flatten anybody on any given day where, let's be real, Burchell was completely put to sleep. What I thought was most impressive, although he was warned by Kenny Bayless many times, and you know, it was interesting to me because Kenny Bayless is the kind of guy who refereed a lot of Mayweather fights. He will break guys very quickly. The only thing that I personally wanted to see, and again, I, I was very, very impressed, was if he was allowed to fight on the inside against a somewhat very powerful puncher in the division, what would he do? Obviously, he didn't want to get involved in that. Keeping the distance was absolutely key. But for me, on another note, uh, he went and said the sky is the limit afterwards. Everybody who gets in front of him is going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, that was his manager, James Prince, who's also managed Andre Ward and Floyd Mayweather, which I agree with. The sky is the absolute limit. One thing, and I felt like it was somewhat downplayed because it didn't have a large effect. You said going back to the drawing board. Let's just expound upon it right now. I did think even though he won running away. And again, I said, Valdez, if if you're giving him two rounds, that's fine. That's the cap. He took a lot of straight right hands. And me personally... And this is no knock on them. I got to be very clear about this. As a, as a fellow media member, I, I deeply value their opinions. But um, Mike Coppinger at ESPN, Kevin Ioli at Yahoo Sports, two longtime writers in the space, I felt like there was no mention of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's one thing, at least I personally believe, that going back to the drawing board, they could alter while he's still very very young yeah 100 percent. that was going to be my comment as well you know listen you made a comment earlier about his unwillingness to fight on the inside I think that I saw something different I thought I think that it wasn't so much that he needed to keep the distance more so that he needed to control it right when I think I need to be very clear real quick I don't think it was that he didn't want to I thought the game plan was just stay on the outside and outbox the crap out of this guy and you'll win clearly yeah very very much so the game plan control range keep Oscar at a mid-range where he's at the end of your punches you draw an invisible line in the sand and you dare him to walk past that line and make him understand he's gonna have to walk through a jab 
yep. two punch combination or three piece, you know, with extra mild sauce on the side, if he's going to want to get past that line and Oscar Valdez did not want to walk past that line uh, more times than not in that fight. I think later in the fight when, when he did not have fear of the power you saw, uh, Shakur more so willing to stand in front of Oscar Valdez. He did fight inside a little bit, landed some good body shots. But Rick, to your point, um, that that those straight right hands are going to be a problem for him, you know, moving forward. And what I noticed is Valdez also has a really, you know, really high boxing IQ. Whenever Shakur, he would allow Shakur to probe, right? At first he would complain. He was complaining about it earlier mm-hmm. in the fight. And then you notice he stopped complaining so much. He was allowing uh, Shakur to use the probe so that he could find his distance, actually. And if you you watch Shakur, he'll put the probe out, touch the gloves or the forehead, and then he'll drop it as if a body shot was coming. And Oscar always knew that that was his entry. You probe and you set the distance. Now I know that you're in range. And when you drop it, the block a body shot i know that's yes. my opportunity that's my very small window to shoot a straight right hand and that is a habit that shakur has and usually has quicker reflexes but oscar Valdez, is a very smart fighter very quick fighter in his own right was able to pick up on that uh you know about the midpoint in the fight and start landing some straight right hands of his own but to that point um most times was not able to follow up, was not able to capitalize, was not able to, um, you know, land anything more of consequence. Other fighters who are maybe at 35, maybe at 40, maybe have a little bit more snap on their punches. uh, That will be a problem for Shakur, but I'm sure they're going to go back in the lab to fix that. Of course. And obviously the big fights at 135, he was even asked about it by Bernardo Osuna, who was on the broadcast. Devin Haney's in the house. Yeah. How do you feel about a fight with Devin Haney? 135 is one of those divisions that is up there. If yeah. Tyson does not retire in the heavyweight division, it is easily top three, if not top two. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about a Shakur Stevenson facing off against any of those guys yet. A mm. Cambosis, a Loma, a Haney, a Taya, personally, with the sample size we have, and just seeing those straight rights that he took, not yeah. a fan yet. Now, when he puts on the weight, can he then turn into a very different fighter and evolve himself into being one of the best at 135? Absolutely. Of course he can. We just don't know yet. But what I do know is if he were to take those punches from a heavier guy, he would start getting woozy by the fourth to sixth round, maybe seventh round. And then his career arc could be very, very different. Now, from a different perspective, I'm curious, X's and O's wise, when you saw Valdez leaning in, in a peekaboo style, mitts basically by his temple, what is the strategy there? When he's leaning in on his front foot, of course. You're saying when he's one second. The code of it, New York, New York. New York is prime time New Yorking right now, and yeah, I am going is. to scare <laughs> the audience from hearing uh, a bevy of ambulance and fire trucks yep. going past my apartment right now. But listen, Rick. 
I pointed out in the very first round, I said, listen, Oscar Valdez is moving a little bit too much. He has a lot of nervous energy. He tends to fight with emotion. We saw that in the Burchelt fight. Uh, we saw that in his, la- in his last fight against uh, Kunsei Sao. He gets emotionally invested in these fights and it shows, right? I think in this fight, you saw the jitteriness. You saw the, the herky-jerky style and you just knew that he wasn't going to be that fighter by the midpoint in the fight one because he still was getting touched up with all, all that movement, right? Mm-hmm. That's discouraging in and of itself. That movement also makes you waste a lot of energy, right? So um, I, I identified in the first round, he wasn't going to be fighting like that, but that was how he needed to fight if he was going to evade the smooth punching, the slick punching, the fast combinations coming in, in uh, concession by, um, or sorry, succession by Shakur Stevenson. I think that when he is putting the mitts up and he just, you know, is walking forward, that's his best attempt at, you know, um, not only defending himself, but also trying to so- show some machismos, trying to show the punches aren't hurting me. I'm not discouraged. I'm still in this fight. But the body language says way more than just that little gesture there in itself. And Andre Ward pointed it out. I think Timmy Bradley pointed it out. Uh, the body language was saying at certain points in the fight, I went out. Yep. So Shakur Stevenson now is a uh, two-division champion. After the fight, he also went on the record with ESPN saying, I'm a superstar in the sport. That's unquestioned. I want to collect all the belts at 130 and become undisputed. I deserve to be a superstar, so that's what I got to do. Again, the question remains, it is an accomplishment to clean out an entire division. At 24, do you clean out the division and then move to 135? Because the big money fights are at 135. The sport is a money-driven sport. Not that obviously others aren't, but this is very unique in that it's not 11 on 11. It's not five on five. It's not two on two. It's one V one. A lot of guys talk about in boxing, the riches that they make. I am curious from a payday perspective, having that on your resume is awesome. It's fantastic. From a financial perspective, knowing, as you have said, how long have we known each other? 10 years. Anything can happen on any given day in a boxing ring. Do you take that chance or do you move up to 135? And, and who is the first fight at 135? Yeah. Listen, I love a good undisputed fighter. I love, uh, obviously, what these two gentlemen did was major. Yeah. The other two champions in the weight class are Kenichi Ogawa and Roger Gutierrez. Kenichi uh, holds the IBF title at junior lightweight. Roger holds the WBA. Um, you know, I'm always pro fighter, but Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez are the two highlight names. What those yeah. two guys did coming together to unify, that is what makes the sport on no, nights like this that is what makes this sport did you see sport. twitter twitter no. was wild yeah ever like the casuals were in on it oh wow those who those, those who don't even uh watch boxing less than a casual whatever that title may be they were tweet everybody was talking about this fight and everybody was talking about shakur yeah. that's what he did 
the 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 arena was buzzing yeah you could hear that um very impressed with with the crowd right and i want to make a comment about the crowd and then i'll get back to my point about what shakur's next move should be yeah um those two guys did that together right i think it's easy to say Oscar Valdez put all those people in those seats. It's obviously a pro-Mexican crowd. The fight was in Vegas um, and love the Mexican fans, man. They're some of the most educated, dedicated, loyal, passionate uh, and, and appreciative boxing fans. There are when you go to an event and there is a Mexican fighter involved, Mexican, a Mexican support comes out in, in droves and the crowd is 100% going to be on fuego as our boy uh uh what's his name from showtime what's the guy's name from showtime maro ranawa exactly he loves to say he loves he loves that one but um listen man they they did those numbers together oscar valdez uh hasn't been able to draw that size crowd on his own shakur has not either um but they did that together so that that was very impressive to me i want to say um Kudos to those guys for getting in the ring, making that unification. I love a unification, but more than a unification, I love Undisputed. And while the 135 division is working itself out, doing what it's doing, um, I think that what Shakur should do is go and clean out his division, go pick up the IBF, pick up the WBA. And what that allows him to do, if he picks up, I think it's the WBA belt, it allows him to petition for the winner or for the the champion at the weight class above. If Mm -hmm. he has that weight class, if he has that belt, right. It's the same. um, It's the same bylaw that uh, Alexander Usyk and his attorney and his team and his management. It's the same bylaw that they activated with their title to become the number one mandatory for Anthony Joshua. We saw what happened there. I'd love to see, Shakur Stevenson take a victory lap bring two fights to Newark New Jersey hell he'll probably be Kenichi Ogawa and Roger Gutierrez on the same night take them both to New Jersey on the same night cream both of them take those belts unify celebrate he deserves that wait for Devin Haney to have his two fights or maybe one fight we don't know I guess I'm kind of you know revealing my cards a little bit there but wait for Devin and uh and cambosis to to sort their business out if devin wins they have two fights uh if devin wins that fight he i think he'll have the option to either fight a big fight like shakur if that right. presents itself or lomachenko whichever one is going to present more money maybe unif maybe undisputed at 30 undisputed at 35 you see what I'm getting at now For sure. so we have an opportunity if those if, if we let this thing play out the way that it potentially could you get Devin Haney at 35 with all the belts, you get Shakur Stevenson at 30 with all the belts. And I think that those two guys will do some crazy numbers together. So I think that that is a very logical first fight for Shakur Stevenson at 35. If Mm -hmm. he wants to, it will be challenging for him, For sure, but those two guys have history. Mm -hmm. And I was really surprised that when it came up in the broadcast, how gung ho he was about fighting Devin, listen, him and Devin, came up in in the amateur circuit together when Shakur went to the Olympics Devin didn't take that route Devin went to Mexico turned pro 
he didn't have he didn't feel like he had time to waste but those two guys somehow still met in the mayweather gym fought under doghouse rules and some of the fight clips the sparring clips between those two dudes are still up on youtube it is electrifying sparring between two young bulls who you know at some point in the pro ranks are gonna have to are gonna have to bang it out and um i would love to see that fight here's one thing that is going for them at least the 2016 silver medalist in Shakur Stevenson and Devin Haney both signed to top rank. So that certainly goes in their favor. The other humongous fight that took place on that Saturday before Shakur Stevenson's fight against Oscar Valdez was history. Amanda Serrano and <clears throat> Katie Taylor it was originally scheduled for May of 2020, the coronavirus pandemic, then delayed that fight. We finally got it, and it was the first all-female headliner at Madison Square Garden, which is saying something because that building is ancient. I suppose it is better late than never. What we saw was an argument that I wish we had more time per round and i wish we had more rounds because what we saw in this fight was jam-packed action-packed two of the best to ever grace the sport going up against one another for legacy if we're being brutally honest I know that Jake Paul, who started a promotional company, MVP Promotions, Amanda Serrano was the first and only boxer to sign with his promotional company. He tweeted that she got robbed. Personally, on my card, I had Katie Taylor winning. It was close, real close. And the round where she was really hurt, if you're not conservative with your scoring, an argument could also be made that that was a 10-8 round because she really didn't have much. However, she goes on to win. And what I love about both of these fighters is they're both open to the rematch instead of running. Amanda Serrano gave her all. One thing personally that I thought hurt her was and we this is an Amanda Serrano staple. She wants to just fight all the time. So what she does is she lunges. She lunges, she has her hands down and she gets hit. And Katie Taylor's camp in my opinion saw something in that where if Amanda Serrano comes in, throw the left hook. Just throw the left hook cuz she wants to throw her power shots. Overall I had Katie Taylor winning what did you see and how did you have it? So I originally watched this fight from my phone in between Ubers and <laughs> okay. walking down long New York city blocks. And my first impression of the fight that I saw was that Amanda Serrano started a little bit slow, mm-hmm. um, a step behind Katie Taylor. Yes. All the while was landing good shots to the body here and there 
And in, I want to say about the fourth round, before the, the fifth round onslaught, I saw something. Katie Taylor was still being Katie. And Amanda Serrano caught her with a big right hook to the body. And I noticed that it seemed to me Katie Taylor was starting to slow down a little bit. Like she felt that one particular shot more than the next. Mm-hmm. And from my phone, I said, this next round is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being interesting because Katie Taylor walked to a corner and decided to slug it out with Amanda Serrano, yes. Amanda Serrano, who has shown to be a good combination puncher and carry power at a lower weight class. And it proved to be damaging. Now, from that point on, again, very admittedly, uh, didn't I get the clearest view? But by the end of last night, I thought Amanda Serrano had been robbed. Hmm. I knew that I had to do this fight some, some, some justice, have a proper sit down, watch the fight. And on second watch, I agree with you, Rick. I think that Katie Taylor had a good start. I think she won... The first four rounds. Um, that that was the biggest decider. That was the is, biggest. Is what I saw between different cards. She started fast and she ended and she ended well. Yes, I agree. Amanda Serrano came on about the third, fourth round. Got finally started to get her groove, and like, I want to say about the third or fourth round, the fifth, sixth, and seventh were hell for Katie Taylor. I don't yes. know how. I don't know how. She made it out of the sixth, the, the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds. Yep. But by the eighth and ninth, you could tell that she was getting her foot in back. She was starting to be slick again, landing punches. And by the tenth, I felt like she finished really strong. She buckled uh, Amanda a time or two. Listen, and and Amanda buckled her. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean. So I, I I I think that the fight was extremely close. I don't think that anyone was robbed. I think that if the fight would have been swayed a point or two in Amanda's uh, 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 way in her favor, I would not have a problem with that. If the fight were a draw, absolutely wouldn't have a problem with that. Katie Taylor ends up getting the nod. I do not have a problem with that. So Katie Taylor remains undefeated. Uh, The scores were 97-93 and 96-93 for Taylor, 96-94 for Amanda Serrano. Uh, The power punch percentage Katie Taylor actually had a higher percentage. Amanda Serrano, though, threw about uh, roughly 150 plus more, which is typical, (laughs) if we're being honest. However, the biggest decider, and you took the words out of my mouth, was watching the broadcast, seeing the polar opposite cards from Tony Bellew to DAZN's Chris Mannix was the first three. Because I believe Chris Mannix gave Amanda Serrano the first three, if not two out of three, which was a decider on his card where Tony Bellew had the first three, as I did as well for Katie Taylor. Yeah, yeah. It seemed to me as though Chris was appreciating the foot pressure, the forward movement, uh, the, 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 uh, what he probably perceived as ring generalship. And well, what about her getting caught coming in? 100%. And that, to, to me you can back up as long as you're boxing and not running. I didn't see Katie Taylor run. I agree. I saw, I saw Katie Taylor boxing beautifully off the back foot, landing check hooks, circling off the ropes, landing combinations. I thought Amanda was a step or two behind her. 
I thought Amanda was trying to play catch up. She eventually did catch up. And I don't know whether she gassed herself out trying to knock uh, Katie Taylor out or if she just thought I got this in the bag and she let off the gas. Mm. But I think Katie Taylor came back in the ninth and 10th in the eighth and ninth. And the 10th was kind of a toss up to me. Uh, The 10th was a toss up to me as well. But I will say this. Katie Taylor should not engage in a rematch. You took you, with Amanda Serrano. You took the words out of my mouth because I had uh, Katie Taylor winning one, two, three, and then seven, eight, nine. I had Amanda Serrano winning four, five is where when I prefaced going into this fight, a recap rather of the fight. An argument could be made if you are not a conservative scorer for that being 10-8, because I really thought Katie Taylor had almost nothing. But if it's 10-9, I had Amanda Serrano winning 4, 5, 6, and 10. But look, honestly, being a judge for this fight is hell. Because these were tough-ass rounds to score. Really tough rounds to score. Afterwards, Katie Taylor, who is uh, 35, said, I knew going into it, I was going to be in the trenches at some stage. She's a phenomenal fighter, a great, great person. And I had the heart and the skill, and I knew I was going to be able to come through. Tonight was just fantastic. That was via Reuters, now via ESPN. Tonight was just fantastic. I had to dig deep in there tonight. Had to produce a career-defining performance to actually win tonight. And what an amazing champion Amanda is as well. Phenomenal fighter. We definitely got the best out of each other tonight. That's for sure. Well, 100%. You definitely got the best out of each other. Amanda also has nothing to hang her head on. No. Because they both produce so well. Amanda, who's so accomplished, seven different weight classes, 30-some knockouts at this point. Yeah. Even with this loss, it's one of the best losses I've ever seen. Listen, I thought that um, I can't recall the guy's name. But uh, one of the guys who's on his own, I thought was an absolute jerk. He did the ladies a, a, a tremendous discredit when he says this is the, the, the female best fight of the year, the best female fight of the year. And I thought on a night where you are obviously um, amongst greatness. Was it an analyst it, or a host? I'm just curious. He's one of the guys on the broadcast. I'll get his name and, you know, we'll, we'll throw darts at him on the next show. But my point is. You're amongst greatness. It just happens to be women. And that was arguably one of the best fights of the year, not just female fights, arguably one of the best combat sports fights, including MMA that I've seen, regardless of sex. And I just thought to say best female fight, I just thought to, to, to point out that designation, I thought did the ladies a tremendous disservice one of the best fights of the year, bar none. One of the best uh, fights I've ever seen. Um, so well, here, much. Here's the thing. Allow me to interject. Ryan Garcia tweeted, I just witnessed one of the best fights ever. And in yeah. my humble opinion, Katie pulled it off. But more so the former of that tweet. Yeah. He didn't say one of the best female fights. Yeah. He said one of the best fights. Errol Spence, fight of the year so far. Goddamn. These are two of the best boxers. Right now in the sport, Ryan, obviously not maybe one of the best, but he's certainly one of the most notable names. Errol Spence is one of the best. It does not matter 
what the sex is. It matters how they produce. The the Zoom is going to cut off in a second. Let's stop and then let's go again.